Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 226 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny. And tonight we're going to be reviewing the thriller from earlier this year, directed by John Krasinski, A Quiet Place. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We, we chose this movie because it was a huge hit earlier this year, a sleeper hit. That is now out on video streaming on several services. We've got Halloween coming up. It's a very spooky and critically lauded. Audiences adored this film. You saw it way back when. I had not until we decided to review this for this week's podcast. Yeah, you know, every year this is just a tough time. Uh, Kids go back to school and it seems like the movie studios tend to just sort of give up. So it's really hit or miss at the theater. So this is typically when we... We sort of go back to movies we can find on demand. And last week we did Annihilation, which had that big gap between the critical reception and sort of audience scores and box office. And then this week we we move on to A Quiet Place, which was both critically lauded and really well received by yeah. audiences. Right. So a nice a nice opportunity to uh, to catch a film. So hopefully, listeners, if you haven't seen it in the theater, you know you've got the opportunity to to check this one out. I think something else unique about this film is that. It came out a while back. You saw it upon theatrical release. I did not. I just watched it for the first time this week. And so you had to rewatch the film for the purpose of, of uh, podcasting this one. Yes. Yeah. So that, not something that often happens to us. Occasionally we've both seen a best picture that we've reviewed, but uh, this doesn't often happen. It doesn't often happen. Sometimes you'll see a movie and then like seven weeks go by before we can record it. And that's really, happened, yes. You're struggling from your your half a sheet of notes and you're, <laughs> in your weak memory. Right. We've, we've also occasionally, I think once, seen a movie that we'd agreed to podcast and was so bad that you advised me not to see it and we just podcasted it anyway with only you talking about it. And that was Mother! Oh. Right. Yeah, so that's hopefully the only time we'll do that. Well, let's let's dig into A Quiet Place. Yes. Uh, a Quiet Place uh, stars superstar Emily Blunt and writer-director and beard aficionado John Krasinski as they live every millennial parent's dream. They're living green. They're living off the grid. They eat farm-to-table while homeschooling their children and indulging their esoteric hobbies such as ham radio and hearing aid repair. They live a quiet life where simple dinners are followed by board games and crafting, including making a felt mobile for their new baby. They also build that baby a small coffin with an oxygen mask to keep that baby quiet, lest the evil murderous beasts that are attracted by sound eat all of them. But apart from the monsters, life is pretty good. And that's a quiet place. (laughs) Buddy, what'd you think of it? I I think that you may have sold this one a bill of goods that people are gonna go see the movie unbeknownst but i loved this movie oh great i think that this was a really unique take on the horror genre and i really appreciated it how about you I really enjoyed it. I think it's a movie that if you just sit and watch, you'll enjoy it. I do think if you think about it for more than a few minutes, it doesn't necessarily hold up. And again, I saw it twice. Okay. So I sort of had that opportunity to to think about it a little bit more and nitpick it. And yes, listeners, for the plot recap, I kept it pretty high level. But 
The movie is a, a scary movie about a family living off the grid, and there are monsters or aliens or something attracted by right. sound. And the so, plot recap was a little tongue in cheek there. Yeah. They have to really keep uh, keep everything really quiet. If anyone makes a sound, these monsters appear, and uh, life gets pretty crazy. And I, you know, we could go point by point, but just suffice it to say, we've got a pregnant woman who's about to bring a baby into the world. We've got two kids, one of whom is hearing impaired. And they're struggling with, you know, adolescence and puberty and everything else growing up, not being able to say anything uh, while living in the con- under the constant threat of being eaten alive. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I guess, you know, tongue in cheek plot recap aside, the, the premise of the movie is that there is some sort of alien being that has inhabited the earth. I don't know that they're aliens. We don't I know. Guess, I, I don't they could have come up out of a, a crevasse. I guess. I guess. I, guess, I was. Could have been I was the lab. You don't know. I was inferring from the headlines that it was an alien being, but you're right. You can't absolutely uh, surmise that. But they're super sensitive to hearing. So yeah. the whole premise of the film is that you have to be deadly silent, else you risk getting instantly attacked by yes. one of these these beings around you. I now, guess wait, one thing right up front that I liked and the reason maybe we're we're splitting hairs is this movie spends almost no time giving us a bunch of exposition and backstory. Right. It just starts I think 100 days in or something after right. whatever happened and then it jump cuts to like day 470 or something. So right. we really you just have to follow along and you see that the family is using sign language, that they're barefoot, that they're being exceptionally quiet, that they're that everything they do is around being quiet. And you can tell anytime there's any sort of sound, they're all petrified. Right. So I like that it didn't spoon feed us. And yes, there's that little collage of newspaper clippings and some of that was pretty cheesy, but it was done so quickly. Um, I really appreciated that, that we didn't need to see you know, he's not down in his basement watching reruns of CNN where the news anchors give sure. us the yeah. exactly here's what's happened in the timeline to kind of catch us up. It just paid us the compliment of getting started. And and it allowed for that mood and that dread to be built from frame one. I absolutely agree. And I, I think that that aspect of this film was very unique. It reminded me a little bit of the Robert Redford All is Lost from a few years ago where it's a movie yeah. almost completely devoid of any sort of audible dialogue. This movie had very little of that as well, and I think that that's that's not uh, that's not a cheesy shtick that they threw in here. I mean, that's that's the premise of the film, and I think that they did it to to great effect. I, I was yeah. incredibly impressed with it. You mentioned the fact that, and, and so now I got to jump to something that sort of confused me that I didn't quite get into that Emily Blunt's character was pregnant, but she was not pregnant at the beginning of the movie. The The opening no. scene of the movie is like three months into this post-apocalyptic world. And then the second scene and pretty much the rest of the movie is like a year later. Right. And now Emily Blunt is pregnant with John Krasinski's child. I don't think they have character names in the film that I'm aware of. I, they do, but they're never spoken. So they're they're never spoken. Yeah. It's it's mom and dad, and and I had to just scratch my head and wonder, like, how in the world was this child conceived? Like, in in what utter horror do you have to live every moment of your life 
and still be able to conceive a child. Like that, that to me was a little weird a year later when she's pregnant. And plus the fact that they have to live their lives in utter silence. In what bizarro universe do they think that this is an okay idea that they're going to bring an infant into the world, even though they have to be deadly silent all of their lives? Well, to your first point, I think they're, they got a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> There's not much going on. I you got to yeah. got to fill the got to fill the time and I'm sorry. You fill that time. Anyway, um but as far as your second question, I mean there is a I found it really creepy that while they're preparing for the baby to come, they do build what's like a little wooden crate, like almost like a a little crypt yeah. with an oxygen tank where they can strap the baby in so when the baby yeah. cries, it's quiet. Um so that's it was it was a little scary slash sad immediately you know it's like one of those things like oh she's pregnant how great oh no she's pregnant like from that moment on you're just sort of living in dread of this baby's gonna come and this movie is full of those moments where um you know like you see the shotgun on the wall in by the second act someone's gonna use that shotgun and this is like oh boy we got a pregnant lady and we got to stay quiet like there's going to be a scene where she gives birth quietly and then there's going to be a scene with an infant like a, an absolute newborn that's got to be quiet. Sure. You know, there's the scene where uh, she's going up the stairs and, and she actually bends a nail and the nail is sticking straight up out of the, the stair. And, you know, someone's going to step on that nail. Right. <laughs> and it's going to be disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's got it's got like 10 of those very clearly foreshadowing moments that, you know, I guess they're done well, but it's they added up, I thought. I appreciated that the audience was spared most of the gore. Throughout the film, like, I mean, yep. there, there were a little bit, uh, there, there was some blood shed, but not a lot. We got to avoid the um, the typical Halloween movie tropes and yeah. uh, slashes, so that was good. But it was another one of those films that, I think we talked about eighth grade in this way, that it was it was so intense, it was a movie I enjoyed but couldn't wait to be over. And I felt oh, okay. that way through most of this. Like, I, I mean, my heart was racing through most of the film and I was anxious for it to end. And I think it's I think it's really well done. I think the first act where they're building the the suspense, letting you know the family and the players while quickly catching you up on the story. I think that first act is great. I think the second and third act suffer from you just can't think about it too much. Like there's a sequence where they've they've built this little hollowed out area under their house where they go underground. Right. And then when they're under there, John Krasinski talks to his wife. And I'm thinking, if it's safe to talk down there, why don't you just go down there more often? All the time. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, right. And then later, that basement just fills with water. He walks away and there's just rushing water. And I thought, where the hell's this water coming from? And how does he not notice as he's leaving that there's water gushing and... It's not because there's a bunch of sound covering the sound of water. Like you would you would notice if there was so much water flooding your house that it's going to fill the basement to like a sure. swimming pool. Yeah, you know. And there's just mo- and then there's a sequence where she's going into labor. He tells his son to go light fireworks, so the fireworks will make a lot of noise to cover some of mom's noise. But it, they had like eight fireworks, so they lasted for 15 seconds, and then there seemed to be no other plan. You know, he also had a shotgun at that moment. I thought, okay, the fireworks are also going to cover the sound of him shooting some of these aliens. But no, it just so like the plot kept 
bringing up ideas and kind of interesting thoughts. And then it was just like a big plot hole where I thought, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but, it, but in the moment you're just, your heart is thumping and you're just sort of along for the ride. So I, I do think it's really effective. It's just, you can't try to critique this one too much because it doesn't hold up. I don't think. There's a place where John Krasinski's character takes his son out fishing or hunting by a loud river, a babbling brook waterfall area. And they can scream and yell and talk. And I thought, isn't this a good place for you guys to just come like set up your camp permanently? Like, wh- right, what's the right. benefit of the house at this point? Why don't you just come live out here and you can talk and do whatever you need to do all the time without fear of an alien hearing you? Kind of the same thing at that point, right? I wholeheartedly agree. And same with, I mean, so th- there's they're living in the country where it's naturally quiet, where, where sound carries. And you just think, maybe go where there are more sounds, right? More yeah. ambient noise, like right. the, by the waterfall. Or I just wonder how bad was it, let's say, in a city? You know, if you're in New York City, it's loud all the time. There's really no... <laughs> There's really not a lot of quiet there ever. And especially if you if we all figure out that it's sound, maybe just turn a stereo on and have it constantly blasting out the window. Yeah, right. Just have like ACDC on loop 24 hours a day, just spraying it out, out the window and then just rock on inside. I just didn't get why we're trying to be stone quiet. Right. Even if these beings have killed most of the Earth's population, head to Times Square, it's going to be loud there. Just the ambient noise of electricity and set up camp there you're never going to be bothered so you brought up electricity here's another plot hole sometimes they're just lighting a million candles all over their house and then they can go in their basement and they have tv and ham radios and lights and they have the the white light red lights all over their their house where's this electricity coming from do they have a generator is it running is it loud otherwise just go sit by the generator right right I mean, that's got to be a loud noise. I just felt like, again, if you think about it, it doesn't hold up, which I'm just going to go ahead and say in advance, I'm very sad to learn that they are planning a sequel to this. I thought this was oh, one of those are? movies where, yeah, where, of course, it, it's made a ton of money, where it, it, it made good money. It was critically well received. It's a fine movie. It's a good story. Just leave it alone. We don't need the A Quiet Place universe where we're going to get multiple sequels and spinoffs yeah. and prequels and everything else because it's pretty self-contained, right? By the end of the movie, we, we they have sort of figured out at least one weakness of the of the monsters. They've exploited it and killed at least one of them. You get that heroic shot of Emily Blunt, you know, you know, cocking the, the shotgun. Sure. Yep. And that's the last shot of the movie. And it's like, okay, great. I don't need to really see what happens next. I can guess. Yeah, but we're going right. back to the well. So I'm just I'm already in advance annoyed and I don't know how you can possibly either top this or we're going to be even more quiet in the next one. It just seems like a bad idea. Okay. All right, fair enough. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with um, them being barefoot everywhere? Is being barefoot really that much quieter? I thought the same thing. It wouldn't tennis shoes in some instances throughout this film have been quieter than their bare right. feet? I, I actually thought, or yeah. socks even? It, it, and plus their feet looked gnarly. So that, <laughs> that it, it's not working well. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> they they weren't they weren't good. Uh, what's up with the fact that the gunshot at the end of the film that the the money shot Emily Blunt shooting the alien creature in the face attracted all the monsters from the tri-state area suddenly, but the fireworks show the day before didn't. Like, what was what was up with that one noise that suddenly brings in all the beings coming to take care of them? But, like, 24 yeah. hours prior, we were... I mean, granted, it was six fireworks. It didn't last long, but you would have thought that would have done the trick, right, right? Right, What's up with the silent dinners? Can you imagine a hell worse than having to be absolutely silent and just listening to everyone chew and smack no. their lips? And they're eating, like, smoked fish. <laughs> So you got to watch it's someone who's like sucking the stinky fish off the bones and maybe licking their fingers. I would be so grossed out. I My stomach was turning at the thought of just silent <laughs> dinners forever. What's up with how these people get through just an entire year of daily life without like dropping something or stubbing their toe or they like, I, I mean, every day. I screw something up that makes noise. Like Christian the other day, like dropped a bowling pin in his room that woke up the entire house at like four in the morning. And it's like, what? <laughs> Just screaming. Like we didn't know what was happening. And I was like, this happens almost every day. Like, well, how, every parent how... who has a baby who's taking a nap will tell you that like, you put the baby down, you're trying to be as quiet as possible, and invariably you drop, like, a glass jar full of quarters down a stairwell onto your symbol collection, you know? And it's it's right at that moment when the baby's asleep, and then the doorbell rings and the dog barks, and you're like... <laughs> like the... the... The FedEx, UPS, and USPS guy all show up at the same time, <laughs> right, ringing the doorbell. Right. Yeah, right. What's up with, at one point, the dad takes the son out to f- show him the fishing and kind of just show him the, the waterfall. And it's very clear he's, like, excluding their deaf daughter. Why doesn't she get to go? Hashtag me too. What is up with this? I didn't quite understand it either. I mean, I... I'm wondering if it's because she has a hearing impairment and they're so hypersensitive to sound and being quiet and being perceptive to this alien being, being perceptive to somebody making sound. I I couldn't quite get it either, but it was it was disappointing and unnerving. But it became a big plot point later as well. Does dad blame me for the death of our younger child from a year ago? And so it, it played a pivotal role, but it it was frustrating and unnerving. I suppose. Yeah. Also, they walk around. What's up with they walk on like sand, right? There's they, they pour right. sand everywhere. And that's what they walk on. And at one point we see John Krasinski carrying a backpack full of sand that he's sort of adding an extra backpack's worth. Yeah. Did they do that one? First of all, where is he getting the sand? Because it's like pristine white, like beach sand. Right. And they're in like Pennsylvania like or something. To Cancun. Yeah, right. right. But, but then is it one backpack at a time? Like, can you imagine like, okay, I fill this whole backpack up. Feels like a lot. You dump it out and it covers like the size of two dinner plates. And you're like, yeah. oh, I guess I'm yeah. going to be doing this for the next year and a half. Right, it just right. felt re- – and it was like all the way to the downtown. Like the movie starts, they're already barefoot on day 90, walking down the street. 
and there is no one else. There are no other like all other humans have all been eaten, or are they all just sitting in their basements with ACDC right. blasting out the window, playing board games, living life like, well, guess we can't go outside, but it's pretty <laughs> but pretty nice we're down okay here. In here. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's up with the fact that like the the whole climax of the film is Emily Blunt blasting one of these beings in the face in a really vulnerable moment. It made me wonder, had they not had they not tried to shoot one of these things prior to that? Like we're I mean, we're going years into this battle and you've had guns and this like suddenly now your dad's dead, you're like, Well now we gotta take matters into our own hand. Like, why didn't one of you shoot this thing a year ago? Like, it seems like they can get shot and dead by a gun. What's up with the dad dying? That was a really weak plot moment and and he went out in a weak way, and I just thought that was just a waste. It felt like it was to give that moment emotional heft, but we didn't need more heft at that point. Yeah, and I guess I felt like it was a really rough scene because not long after you realize that the Achilles heel of this being is something really benign, like just their hypersensitive sense of sound. Like, you can destroy the thing by you know, blowing a dog whistle, essentially. And I think that that was a... Right. It was it, it was sort of a weird kind of twist, like the movie Signs by M. Night Shyamalan, where, like, you know, the, yes. these things are attacking the earth and you're going to die, but you can kill them with water. And, like, this is right. kind of the same thing. Like, we're in post-apocalypse, but if you just play a high-frequency <laughs> loud decibel, they're, they're going to die. Their heads will actually literally explode in front of you. Can you imagine someone saying we need a sequel to the movie Signs? No, no, I cannot. That's the thing. It's like the movie was fine on its own. It's exactly the same type of experience where you're like, okay, I I don't need to see every alien on Earth getting killed. I don't need to see it all sort of being wrapped up. I got it. And so I feel the same with the the coming soon, a sequel to A Quiet Place. And, And I sort of feel like Emily Blunt, now granted, there's no denying that she's the best actress in the history of Earth. But right. not denying. That's a, that's nobody can fact. argue with that. Right. Yeah. Commonly accepted. But I feel like she reacted a little bit coolly to dad dying. Like it was sort of a, well, like we're going on. And now granted, I would hope that my wife would protect our children before me. Like I, I would hope that. She would recognize me sacrificing my life for the kids as a sacrifice worth making. But she didn't even seem even a little upset about the fact that he'd he'd gotten attacked by this being. See, and I took it more like most wives, I think, would think she she had told him, right, you need to defend the kids. Like at all costs, you defend you protect those kids. And his brilliant plan to protect the kids was getting himself murdered. <laughs> Which protected them for one half of one second, which was enough for them to just roll away in the truck. And I think every wife was like, oh, God, you idiot. Like, you you kind of accomplished what I needed you to accomplish, but only in this one moment. And now the next moment, you are worthless. Like, couldn't you do something else? So she may have been very sad, but I, I just get the sense of... But sort of annoyed frick, at the yeah, same time. Yeah, freaking dumb husband. Yeah. I mean, that just seemed kind of... Where we left things. <laughs> Buddy, you ready for five questions? Yes. Are they all, all right. just silent? 
No, no, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, they, you're gonna they, sign. They them were to sent me. to me silently via email, but no, I'm gonna read them oh, out okay, loud okay. so that everybody can be a part of this. Question number one: When will filmmakers stop using five 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 prefix phone numbers in their movies? Never. Why do they do that? Like, is because that it's a, a fake thing? number that doesn't get assigned out. Right, but I mean, can't you just show like half of the prescription bottle that doesn't have the other six numbers on it and? No, I guess, but does it bother I, you? It does. Like it, oh. it's sort of distracting to me every time it happens. I when this question came up, I'm like, no, I totally agree with that. Oh, okay, that frustration in the movie. Okay, uh, question number two: Why did John Krasinski never look at the camera and break the fourth wall, gently shrugging his shoulders about something silly one of the other characters said? You know, when I first saw this, I did feel there were a few moments where he looks up and he's got like a panicked look on his face. And Just it like was Jim. so hard. Yeah, it was so hard not to see Jim Halpern. <laughs> so uh, I think that he was fantastic in this movie. I really appreciated his acting and am super impressed with his direction. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm a big job. John Krasinski fan all of a sudden. All right. Uh, question number three. Uh, oh, we already touched on this one actually earlier. How hellish does day-to-day living need to get before you're unable to be willing to try to conceive a child with your wife? So is the question, how bad does it get before you say, I won't do that? Or- yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the question is, like, in what utter fear do you need to live every moment of your life before you're not wanting to have sex? It'd have to be pretty bad. I mean, yeah. it would, have, but wasn't this pretty bad? Like, No, if- they just went in the basement. It could be super <laughs> loud down there. You could live your life down in the basement. They even got TVs and stuff. Oof. All right. All right. Good. Good. Question number four. At what point does life need to become such utter hell that you just shoot yourself? <laughs> well, that's what John Krasinski essentially does. Yeah. yeah. But he's he's protecting he's his in, children. in the name of his children. For yeah, a half a yeah. second and then leaving right. his wife for the rest of her life to carry her for two children and now an infant. So I mean, like good this, job, buddy. Husband of the year right there. Like these kinds of movies, these post-apocalyptic stories, I just, I think like why? Why even bother day to day? Like when you have to hide from everything that's gotta quietly awful. go down to the beach and get sand in your yeah, backpack and yes, bring it up God, one bag's worth yeah. at a time yeah and uh final question if you were trapped at home post-apocalypse with your family which school subjects would you eliminate from the homeschool curriculum oh great question um hmm i don't know that in this instance that like world geography would be terribly important. Yeah. Probably not a lot of need for social studies. Math, probably still important. I want to know, by the way, how did they make the wooden crate? I mean, like, you think, oh, you got to do things by hand nowadays, but sure. you can't, like, pick up a hammer and nail. So unless you, care, unless you built it right by the waterfall or something. Right. So it's like you got to learn to be handy, but quietly handy. Stealth handy. Yeah. Stealth, stealth handy, right. Stealthily so, handy, yeah. So there are probably subjects, you know, like, engineering and physics and math that are super important to what's going on but maybe not so much yeah history and social studies yeah all right good yeah good answer all, all right. right all right all right and uh that's five questions i really enjoyed a quiet place it's one of those films that uh, like eighth grade or a completely different film on every level is just one that I sort of sweat and suffered through and couldn't wait to be over and, and both were about 90 minutes long 
but I really enjoyed and would highly recommend to folks to see. I thought it was spooky and and interesting and very different. Very cool. I also enjoyed it. I do think you should check it out. I think it's, uh, like I said, probably doesn't hold up to a lot of scrutiny when you think about it, but it's really well made and, and certainly worth worth enjoying at home. Coming up next, we're going to be seeing another movie that is available on streaming. This is a newer film written and directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, starring Ethan Hawke. It's called First Reformed, and Ethan Hawke is getting easily the best reviews of his career. So it's it's going to be one that we'll, uh, we'll check out and let you know what we think. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.